have your sports curiosity cured. Wood all the way around the outside, hangs onto the puck, leads it for Byram. It's got two goals tonight. That shot never got through. Kucherov puts it up, and still goes in, and he scores! A veteran of the sports reporting game for over 25 years. Bedard and Kurashev. Bedard fires! Blocked into the paint or just off it. It's taken by Graves. Good keep in there. By Korczynski. Bedard, open ice. The pass to Kurashev. He scores! Hawks are in business. Breaking down Edmonton's favorite teams. Circling. Dishing. Bouchard loads. Fires. Save. Rebound. Backdoor. Dreisaitl scores! This game is tied. Dreisaitl's 12th on the power play. His 26th of the year. Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius Show. Here we go for Saul 114, February the 16th. The weekend is here. It's a long weekend for many. So uh, let's tear up the old pea patch clicker in the Schnell and make a fast break to the 11 o'clock hour. Welcome to the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Thanks so much for tuning in on your AM radio dial, heading into work on your drive, on your morning drive, or you're streaming on iHeartRadio, the old tune-in app, and, of course, on Sports 40, sports1440.ca. And, and Again, if you miss any part of the show, you can uh, always catch up by searching uh, Kevin Carey Show on it's on Sh- uh, Apple Podcasts, it's on Spotify, it's on Google, Amazon, the whole kit and caboodle. Be sure to subscribe and uh, also the select that auto-download so you never have to miss a second of the show. Good morning, good morning. Thanks so much for tuning in on a Friday. Great weather coming up for the weekend, for the family day weekend, and really excited to welcome in our Friday co-host, as we do every Friday from 7 to 9, Eddie Steele, former CFLer, former double-ear, former Grey Cup champion. Good morning, Eddie. Good morning, KK. How you doing, man? Oh, just outstanding. Simply the best. Oh, long weekend. <laughs> a long weekend. You know, it's going to be a great day. What a show you have lined up today. Man, are we jacked? We're just jammed. Yeah, this is going to be a fun one. And so many things happen on Family Day weekend, uh, you know, locally. And then, you know, across, you know, you got the Daytona 500 always, you know, coming at this time of the year. We'll have, uh, by the way, we'll have Colin uh, Livingston from our Cantork in to talk about the Daytona 500. That, that That's a, I'm a little out of my element there, you know, with, um, I, most most auto racing. I, I'll be safe to say. I don't know how much do you do you follow. You know what? Know who's or? actually and this isn't just uh, a hype up, but know who's gotten me uh, quite up to speed with it. No pun intended. But yeah. Colin, yeah, man, he's a pro's pro. Uh, I he, agree. Very much like the goalies yes. that we have with um, um, the the goalie guru. What's his Grant name? Fear? Uh, no, um, what with Gregor? Oh, uh, Woodley, um, Kevin Woodley, with Kevin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, guys. I think Grant's really a goalie guru too. Yeah, I think granted. We can probably... oh, I, I mean, of course. Of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so I agree too. And um, I, I listen to Colin all the time and try to learn. 
That's the, the key word. Totally. So it'll be interesting to talk a little bit about that uh, later in the show. The Oilers with a loss last night in St. Louis, 6-3. The final Blues win it. So the Oilers remain five points back of Vegas in the Pacific standings with three games in hand. You knew that the Blues would have a little answer after playing very, very poorly in Toronto on Tuesday, a 4-1 loss to the Leafs where... I mean, let's be honest, the the Leafs had three key guys out of their lineup and the Blues just didn't show up. They said that. So you knew that they would have a better game. You know, a lot of people said this, Eddie, that the Oilers had their worst second period of the year last night. I disagree. I disagree. Okay. Uh, I think they were worse. They played uh, poor against the Detroit Red Wings on Tuesday. The simple fact is... Detroit didn't capitalize on all of its chances. Detroit dominated the Oilers, and the Oilers had way more giveaways on Tuesday, way more odd man rushes, way more than what St. Louis had. St. Louis scored four goals in the second period last night. Detroit scored two goals in the second period on Tuesday night. Two power play goals for St. Louis, one for Detroit. But if you you just say, if you go on goals, yeah, of course, but... Dissected a little further. The Oilers played worse in the second period against Detroit. The Red Wings just didn't score four goals and could have easily been up 5-3 or 6-3 after 40 minutes. Well, I mean, you're so bang on and to take that a step even further, and I had it written down doing a little bit of homework. The past three games... The Oilers' second period has been atrocious. Go back to the L.A. game then. What do you got? So what's up with that? I was going to ask you boys this today. What's the deal here the past three games in a row? Not only the special teams being not very special, and we'll talk about that, but the second period, literally the past three games in a row, has been uh, an absolute dud of a period. You would hope it's an outlier because everyone has talked about how well the Oilers have played in the third period. What that does is kind of masks what you've done in the second period because normally if you play well in the third and a lot of times the Oilers have come back to win. So it's masked, just like what happened Tuesday. Right. So the Oilers played very, very poorly, but what do they do? They light up Detroit for five in the third period. Which is something that's not, that's not attainable. No. But, you know, even last night, think about it. So as poorly as the Oilers played in the second period, Corey Perry scores his first as an Oiler Mm -hmm. to make it 4-3. Or sorry, pardon me, 5-3, because it was 5-2 at the time, to make it 5-3. Then, Connor Brown has an opportunity Man. going hard to the net, comes mm-hmm. out, a backhand, off the iron. That would have been sweet if it went in. That's going to be his first, obviously. That goes in, it's 5-4. All of a sudden, you have all the momentum. Yep. You never know what's going to happen. And again, that kind of masks what happened in the second period. So let's not forget too Bennington. He he balled out. Yeah, or he he gamed yeah. out. You know, yeah. however it is in hockey, but he he showed up. Bennington with uh, thirty five saves. The Oilers outshot St. Louis thirty nine thirty last night. Bennington had thirty five saves. Two key saves on uh, Zach Hyman. Uh, the glove save was pretty darn good. Mm. And then the other one, uh, Hyman coming out. across to the and getting his leg on. I always get in, I, I remember I used to work with Dean Millard. He was an old goalie over at Global, and I used to grease him all the time because he was a goalie. And I'd say, okay, are those great saves or is it the lack of execution by the shooter? Like if, if Zach Hyman has that, again, he'll say, 
I needed to elevate that a little bit, up. just, you know, on the backhand. Mm-hmm. The other one's pretty tough. You know, it's coming across quick. But it's been, a, it's been an ongoing argument. Um, how do you – a goalie will say, oh, that's a great save. Player will go, I needed to they elevate that up. up a little well, bit. I mean, the fact is Hyman had the whole net because Bennington's leg was mm-hmm. on the ground. But, yeah, got to get it up. It is what it is. Uh, text coming in, one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. We'll get to a lot of uh, text coming in. Um, <laughs> Gordon D says, uh, good morning, KK. Someone changed the calendar for the Oilers. They think it's October again. <laughs> well played. Yeah, so after a 16-game heater and, you, you know, you go. Again, the Oilers, you can't afford to go in a little bit of a funk here. They've got, they go into Dallas. They had, they've had very poor success in St. Louis for years. They've had poor success in Dallas. Dallas goes into Nashville last night and just... I mean, it's 9-2 over the Predators. Right, oh, them. oh, just well, absolute and what, steamroll. The, the reason, to your point, too, why the Oilers can't they can't afford a blip because you look mm-hmm. at the division and the rest of the division won last night except for Calgary, you know, so they're not helping themselves. Calgary loses a 6-3 to San Jose. There goes my uh, thing, Duke, yesterday. We had uh, we had an over uh, uh, in or out about San Jose breaking the record for ineptitude and the fewest goals because, uh, what was it, one nothing the night before, and they had, was it, how many shots on goal? 17, 15, something like that? Under 20 for sure, yeah. yeah. I think 17 was yeah. the total against Winnipeg. <laughs> so, yeah, 17 it was. And uh, the Duke's question on in or out, well, will they break the record for, you know, fewest goals scored? And yeah. I said, yes, they will. And here they put and up boom, the sixth spot. Six. <laughs> uh, against speaking, Calgary, no less. Uh, speaking of the in or outs, I'd love to go back to the archives of last week. He, uh, Duke asked us a question about Leon and Connor combining for nine. And I forget over how many games span. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. no, it was because they got shut out Saturday. So I think they had. Was it just over the weekend? Because it was just in the two games in, uh, okay, in SoCal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So they got off a to a good start no, yeah, on Friday, yeah. but. Yeah, yeah, we watched it Friday. Yeah, that's yeah. a wrap. Yeah. They had five or so. As you mentioned, uh, Eddie, way too many penalties for the Oilers last night. They took seven straight minors. Mm. Uh, that, I, I don't remember that happening ever. <laughs> What's or, your thoughts on that? Well, we had a we had a bunch of stats yesterday on power play opportunities, and the Oilers are way at the bottom of the list. I heard like they're 148, I, heard I believe, going something. in. They were 148 going in the last. They're probably at 150, I guess. I haven't I haven't looked. A team like Colorado going into last night was 199. Yeah. So 40 that's plus up, 50, technically, right? Mm. The Oilers were not the better team last night. We know that, but were they a better team? Were they were they that inferior that there were five power plays more. Well, one of them is self-inflicted. That's a, a two-minute minor by Vinny DeHarnay for Unsportsmanlike. That's self-inflicted. But there were some other ones. And I'm not, I, I think a lot of the penalties of the Oilers, I would say maybe one or two, I you know, might have put the whistle away. Mm. But there could have been one or two the other way around. I think Leon wanted a call that one time. And I think frustration sets in. For sure. And that's kind of where I sit with that. But I think the Oilers can draw more as well. Yeah, but I, I mean, two for eight in the power. That's just way too many. Well, I mean, penalty kills. Yeah, you know, the PK in the last seven games or se- uh, four games, seven goals. Mm-hmm. Jeez. So I'm going to throw this one at you, Eddie. And we've talked about it all week. And it's about opportunity. As a player, when you get an opportunity, you're going. I have to make the most of this. Op- that's the. W- that's life, man. I have to make the most of this opportunity. When you were a young player and you said, Eddie, you're starting on D-line, you're starting at... Man. 
You, I remember getting that conversation, having that conversation too. The starter, he broke his leg. Uh, He's not going to be ready in training camp. You're feasting, right? It's your chance to run with the ones. There you go. Run, your opportunity. With, run with the ones. What a great, great terminology because that's what they call it in football. Mm-hmm. The ones and the twos. Okay. And I, I, I'm by no means coming down on Dylan Holloway here. Dylan Holloway was given an opportunity last night. He played up on the top line, uh, second line on the top six is what I meant to say. So here's a guy that was, you know, in the 2020 draft and his development has, because of injury and other things, has has been stunted. It's the way it is. Now, I'm going to throw this one at you. Jake Neighbors had a whale of a game last night. Jake Neighbors from the Edmonton Oil Kings for three years... He's in the hallway, 50 yards from the Oilers' dressing room. Mm-hmm. Every day, he's rubbing shoulders and elbows with Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, mm-hmm. with the Oilers' brass. They know they can't know more about a player than Jake Neighbors. Jake Neighbors technically goes about, I don't know, I think he was 27, 28 to the St. Louis Blues in the 2020 draft. Dylan Holloway was uh, selected 14th by the Oilers, 26 for Jake Neighbors. He go. You don't tell me that Jake Neighbors didn't put his head on the pillow last night and go, "Hmm, thank you very much. I had a. I think I was happy with my performance." And Eddie, you should see Eddie just smiling no, right now, big smiling. Okay, and because I know what you're saying, so I, I get it. I totally get it. I'm gonna say this though about Dylan. I'm gonna come to his defense. Uh, yesterday he faded as the game went on, yep. but I thought he started fairly strong. He had a shift where he stole the pe- uh, stole the puck, drew a penalty. Mm-hmm. He he did what he needed to do. He's skating around fast. Didn't do anything, of course. Didn't see him on the stat sheet, but. The comparison to Jake Neighbors. Jake Neighbors, I mean, they were talking about on the broadcast, had a Gordie Howe hat trick the game before. I think he's a different breed. Holloway, I've seen him now skate for pretty much every game he skated in. I've seen him get injured. The guy, the kid has flashes of Mm -hmm. major speed. They're almost identical size. But there's a different mentality. Holloway ain't going to go out and get uh, a Gordie Howe. No, he won't do that. That's a mentality. It, that's that, something it, you yeah, got. He won't do that. That's a dog. That's something that you got in you or you don't. And I'm not saying Holloway's, you know, soft or not not physical or anything like that, but to go out and mm-hmm. play that style, that's something that you have in your mindset. My, my point is that Neighbors has elevated his game to where he's getting power play time now. Mm-hmm. He, wasn't, he wasn't on the power play at the start of the year, but he's elevated his game. He has knocked on the door. He's broken the door down. He's got 19, he sure 19, 19 goals yes, now. Yes, 19. Mm-hmm. And I'm same not just draft. talking about last night. Same draft year, same, you know, development in the sense of mm-hmm. your age and what you're doing. Different routes, NCAA for Holloway. Yep. But, again, I can guarantee you at the end of the night, as and you just said, as a player, you're going, you know, you... you oh, you want to prove. Yeah, you... I prove that I'm just as good totally. as, as anyone in this draft. Totally. You know, besides the top guys. Of course. I mean, the of top course. guys are the top guys. Where did the Oilers take Holloway? 14th? 14th overall. And there are several guys right around, even lower than Holloway, that are pressing, that mm-hmm. are are, mm-hmm. are uh, contributing a lot more. And mm-hmm. I get the injuries. I get everything like that. Yeah. But they're pushing through. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I can't really. I'm sure uh, that'll be a hot button well, it's, it, it, again. it'll be hot button but it's the reality mm-hmm. and the truth uh we'll get to a lot of your texts here uh coming in uh 
Jason Greger will join us at 7.20 right after the break, a host of our afternoon drive show uh, show right here on Sports 1440, the Jason Greger Show. Mark Spector at 8 o'clock. Hey, you're looking forward to Milt Stiegel at 8.20, aren't you, Eddie? Yeah, that's uh, one of my heroes growing up. I bet he was. 2006, July 20th. Do you remember that day? Is that the, the day he the, went? That was here at Commonwealth? Yeah. Man. That's the, I actually do remember that oh. vividly. We might have, I, if we can get that call, Duke, it was uh, Chris Cuthbert. It was so, I don't know if you can find it. It's July 20th, 2006. It was, uh, <laughs> it was a hundred yard. T- I think he had over 250 yards. Yeah, he went, I, I, honestly, I remember it because I fell asleep in my mom's basement <laughs> and woke up right at the end of the game yeah. and saw it. Uh, at nine o'clock, Steve Serdachny. It's the Stollery Family Day Classic. And Steve has been, he's been doing just a wonderful job. They've raised over $4 million, all these kids and everyone to, for the Stollery. It's just uh, simply amazing. Bob Weeks from TSN will be with us at 920. We've got the Scotties Tournament of Hearts. And of course, Bob, you know, a lot of people kind of forget Bob's curling coverage. He's in the Canadian Curling Hall of Fame, you know, as a reporter and obviously golf. So we've got tons of golf and curling to talk about with Bob. Steve Cooley at Sirius XM NHL Radio at 10 o'clock. Uh, so Stevie will be by. That's his, probably his third or fourth appearance. So Cooley will be around. Colin Livingston from Cantork at 1020 to talk a little Daytona 500. And then Ben Feldman uh, from Ross Shep High School. The gym at Ross Shep tonight, there will be... Well, it'll be at least a thousand people. I don't know how many they can jam in there, but it's the last. They're calling it the last dance. Dave Young's uh, coach of the Russia basketball team. It'll be his last game, and they're kind of honoring him tonight. And you think of all, oh, I don't know, all the kids that he's mentored mm-hmm. and coached in you know three decades, whatever it is. I mean, it'll be that'll be a tearjerker tonight, no doubt, at Russia. When we come back, Jason Greger from the Jason Greger Show will join us. Kevin Carries. Eddie Steele on Sports 1440. And keep in mind that Eddie Steele is, of course, brought to you by Bonton Bakery. From your daily bread to a celebration cake, Bonton has that and everything in between for all your baked good needs. You can order online at bonton.ca. We're back right after the break. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Yes, it is a Feel Good Friday and Playlist Friday. If you've got a song, Eddie, have you got your song ready to roll? I do. I was just yeah. going to pl- pass it on over to the Duke. Ooh, yeah. The Duke is, he, you know, he should have been a DJ in a prior life. There's no question. <laughs> Time now for the Puck Report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Fountain Tire is more than just tires. They offer a wide range of auto repair and services from their expert mechanics. Visit FountainTire.com to see all the mechanical services that they offer as we welcome in Jason Greger to the program, the host of the Afternoon Drive show here on Sports 1440. Morning, Gregs. How you doing? Doing outstanding, outstanding. Uh, busy, busy Friday and weekends here. Eddie's fired up. He's got his tie on. He's ready as, to go. As uh, Donovan, the intern, said last Friday when Eddie came in with a tie, Donovan said, "What are you wearing a tie for, Eddie?" <laughs> <laughs> Donnie, I have a life, yeah, man. He's got another job, Donovan. So, uh, Greg's, what'd you make of the game last night? Um, well, almost a repeat, a little bit of the Detroit game. A uh, really good first period. The orders. Let's be honest, it might have cost himself the game in the first period when the Hyman couldn't score on those two chances. Um, you know, you bury one of those and you're up three to one, and it's probably a, a much different game. But then the uh, second period came and almost a complete repeat of what happened against Detroit. Uh, they just they allowed the Blues chance after chance. Um, McDavid's line was terrible mm-hmm. five on five in that game. Um, you know, and I, you know, the, the coach didn't switch up the lines, I think, because of the offense. I think he switched up the lines because of what they're giving up defensively. And 
Um, you know, I know everybody's going to talk about the penalties, but the uh, the penalties the, were there a few soft ones? Yeah, probably. Um, you know, the Deharnay penalty, I watched it. I don't know how many times. Um, but then, even if you hate it, you probably can't take the minor. I don't know what he said, mm-hmm. but either way, too much. The uh, second period cost in the game because they came out again. Well, they have the first six shots of the third period, then they take a penalty. Um, you know what? They're just uh, and they're and they're penalty kill now. They only allowed two goals. One of them was with McDavid and McLeod on it, where they couldn't like. CC and McDavid both had a chance to clear the puck. You can look at the stats that when you have an obvious chance to clear the puck and you don't, it's something like 61% of the time that then turns into a power play goal because now you're extended your penalty kill, you're tired, and that's what happened. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's hard to win when you take that many penalties, but I thought five on five, like they were just, they were leaky all over the place. They gave up way too much. You know, I, I thought one of the key points of the game was early in the second period. So it's 2-2, and Derek Ryan has a breakaway, uh, shorthanded. Bennington makes a big save, and then St. Louis scores the 3-2 goal where Tory Krug comes in. Uh, Zach Hyman kind of let him slide by, and Krug's got the, the yawning cage. Every St. Louis goal was scored like two, three feet around the blue paint last night as well. Yeah, the orders, it was, it was a sloppy game, and they're, we've seen signs of this. Um, you know, here and there in the last uh, few weeks for the Edmonton orders. And so, you, you know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Eventually it's going to get to you. But uh, St. Louis's top line really just gave Edmonton fits all game. Um, Cairo and Thomas and then, you know, Jake Neighbors when he was on the ice had a pretty solid game. And, um, you know, St. Louis has been playing well. So uh, there's, there's not many easy games in the NHL, but I thought the orders, they, they had chances to take the lead. And yeah, you get, it's good save sometimes, but, like Zach Hyman, that first power, like you shot it right in his glove. Mm-hmm. Like that's really the only that's the only save Bennington could have made. You got to find a way to put it in. Yeah, I thought the the other one he's got to elevate on the backhand. It's one one at that point, so that makes it two one, and maybe and it Nugent Hopkins it. scored late in the in the first, right? Yeah, so that that made it two one, right? So and let's be honest, if there was another little split second on the clock, it would have been two two because Sunquist scored right at the buzzer there. Mm. Yeah, go ahead, Eddie. Yeah, hey, Greg. Just before you hopped on with us, we were talking about Dylan Holloway and just his game and where he's at so far in the trajectory of his career. Uh, just talk a little bit about what you saw yesterday with him getting the move up to uh, the second line. Well, it didn't last a whole bunch. Um, like Dylan Holloway, I, I think it's really unfair when people look at his games played to think that that's an actual accurate portrayal. The guy was playing six and seven minutes a night. Like that's might as well cut his games played in half. Right. I think he's played 74 NHL games um, f- like last year. He played 50 games. And I think there was maybe six over 10 minutes. So I don't care when you're a veteran. It's hard to 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 keep your body ready in the game when you don't play like that. So I didn't love how they handled Dylan Holloway last year, to be bluntly honest. I don't think that's the best development for a player. So um, it's going to take him some time to, uh, you know, and when you're on a good team, it can be harder a little bit to get ice time. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's not on the penalty kill right now. He's not on the power play. So it's kind of, it's hard to stay in, in a little bit of a rhythm for the game. So um, they, they went and they sent him down to the minors to kill penalties. So I'd try to find a way to get him at least as the seventh penalty killer. So when one of your six penalty killers are in the box, he's at least going to get the, you know, part of the third unit. So, you know, there's, there's lots of his game that I like. You know, he reminds me a lot of a young Hall and a young McDavid, not necessarily in the skill set, but the way he plays. He's super fast, and those guys needed to slow their game down, and uh, that's going to come eventually from uh, from Holloway. You know, it's great that he wants to go 100 miles an hour all the time, but he'll learn to, you know, disguise and be a little bit more deceptive with his speed and change gears and different things, and that's just 
that's just part of learning to play in the best league in the world. And, um, you know, I don't mind all the way. I like him. I, I think he brings energy. Um, you know, he doesn't shy away. I like all that. He's got a decent shot. But, you know, he's a young guy, and, and realistically right now he's probably a complimentary third-line player. Well, let's play devil's advocate here because, as you said, you're talking about Holloway's minutes, games played, etc. Jake Neighbors almost identical to Holloway last year. Almost identical as far as ice time, games played, points, goals, etc. But this year, Holloway, if he's given an opportunity, he hasn't – taken advantage of that opportunity as we eddie and i were talking uh jake neighbors has busted down the door he's busted griggs jake neighbors never started on the top six he never started in the top six this year he's on the first unit power play. yes he's earned it though he earned it he wasn't on the on the first unit power play to start the year he wasn't in front of the net at the start of the year yeah well, so he's earned it. At the start of the year, he's so what I'm it, saying, right? Greg's is he's earned it. He's he's busted down the door here. Yeah. So you're saying Dylan Holloway hasn't done enough? I I'm what I'm doing. I'm doing a comparable to Jake Neighbors last night, and Eddie and I were talking about it, Greg's. So at the end of the night, Jake Neighbors had a phenomenal game. He's looking at that draft class of 2020 and going, you know what? I'm just as good as anyone in here. I got 19 goals now. I've mm. I've taken advantage of my opportunity. Holloway hasn't done that yet. Well, did Jake Neighbors now just re- refresh my memory? Did okay. Jake Neighbors get sent to the minors this year? Uh, no, not, like I, I'm sorry, I don't agree with that comparison okay. at all. That's fine. That's good that we don't agree on everything. Yeah, like, and I'm not one to to to. I don't I don't like. Hey, this guy's having success. So that means the other guy's terrible. I'm, I don't think I'm that's not the best saying way that to either. I'm not He's saying that either. Points. Good for Jake Neighbors. I'd yeah. say this. Great for Jake Neighbors. When he was an oil king, there was, there was lots of people when Jake Neighbors got drafted who questioned if he had the foot speed. And clearly that's become the most overrated, incorrect assessment on players is because they're not all burners. And I think, like, look at Corey Perry's career. He's not mm-hmm. a burner. Um, there's lots of guys around the league that aren't burners. And Jake Neighbors, when he played for the oil kings, wasn't – an elite player in the WHL who's a very, very good player whose work ethic was off the charts, played strong, and he's kind of being able to just take that and get it into uh, to St. Louis where, you know what, uh, they transitioned Thomas, Cairo. They got a lot of younger guys, uh, Buchnevich. Um, no, he's a little bit older, but he's still not that old. And uh, he's gotten opportunities. You're right, Jake Neighbors has, has banged down the door to earn his opportunity, no mm-hmm. question. And, and that's great for him. I just don't – I don't think it's fair to compare that because Dylan Holloway – Dylan Holloway could have played lights out. He's never getting on the first unit power play in Edmonton. I don't care what he did five on five fair. to start the year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But Neighbors has contributed – you saw how he contributed outside of the power play yesterday. So, And yeah, well, if you look back, Greg, like, look back to the junior. Like Neighbors was hurt two years out of his junior career, his last yeah. two years. I mean – his when his draft year, he had a phenomenal year. If he continues, like that, stunted his progression. So anyway, we're splitting hairs here. But um, what about the PK unit just as a whole, Greg's? In the sense that uh, I believe 10, 10 days ago, the PK unit was uh, fifth in the league. Now it's uh, all the way down to fourteenth. What's up? Well, they've allowed uh, seven goals in four games. That's uh, that's going to do it. Um, well, twice last night and then the other game, they had chances to clear the puck. They didn't clear it out. That extends the power play time. So that's that's problem number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think problem number two, teams are starting. You watch the puck movement up top. The Oilers, they have that um, where they don't necessarily pressure the puck with the one guy up top and then the other guy rolls over. Teams are starting to, to exploit that. 
That's what I've noticed. Um, they're with their forward and because they don't they they play kind of like the the one up, right? They don't play the old traditional mm-hmm. box anymore. And but how they rotate over is sometimes the guy on the right he doesn't go to the guy on the right. They wait for the left guy to go over. And I, teams are now starting to exploit that because if you watch St. Louis, especially last night, they got the puck and it was boom, boom, boom. They just kept puck moving. And the orders because they're not as static on their penalty kill, they try to have motion more. They were running around all the time. So I think it's going to be one now. It's a cat and mouse game. I think teams have taken enough film on the Oilers' penalty kill and said, okay, this is how to exploit it. St. Louis, now, by the way, St. Louis has got, I think, the fifth best power play in the NHL, right? They ended the game 25%. They came into the game at 26%. So, you know, they basically are who they were uh, beforehand. No, um, I, I think Greg's. I think St. Louis was twenty third coming in. They were sixteen point nine. Well, under ba- sorry, under Bannister, okay. twenty six point eight percent. That's what it is, okay. right? So since the coaching change, their power play has been really the reason they've won games because they don't they don't well mm-hmm. outside of last night they don't generate a ton of shots five on five. Actually, they came in. I think they're like twenty fourth in the league, and really even under Bannister, they were only averaging twenty three shots a game five mm-hmm. on five. But um, or sorry, overall. But it was their power play that was leading them. And their power play has like a ridiculously high shooting percentage, right? Like yeah. it's been really good. Yeah. So um, that's a good PP right now with confidence. You saw their puck movement, guys. Like every power play, they were dangerous. That was the thing. So the orders, they're going to have to regroup. Now they're going to Dallas, who spanked Nashville 9-2 to two last night. This was, uh, I said at the start of the road trip, like they go 1-1-1. One, one, and one, They'd be happy uh, on this road trip, I think. And so now, you know what, uh, you're going to have to beat Dallas or tie them. Uh, for that to happen or lose in overtime, I should yeah. say. So, you know, the penalty kill to me is just it goes in ebbs and flows. But I find um, they're a little bit out of sync, but it's more so that the, the orders tried to pressure and now teams have figured it out and they're really exploiting at the top. Mm-hmm. Eddie? Yeah, yeah. This has been a nice spicy start to our <laughs> Friday morning. I love it. I've been staying in my lane quiet over here, <laughs> sticking to what I know best. But in all honesty, uh, Corey Perry, he's been quite a nice addition. Hey, eh, boys? He's coming around. Yeah, like Perry's probably a guy who could have had a few more goals too. Like, you know, his hands looked like a guy who hadn't played in a few months. But, uh, you know, he was around the net where he scored last night. And, um, you know, they talked about it afterwards that they felt they weren't around the net mm-hmm. uh, enough last night that they used the – I think it was Nugent Hopkins used the, the Corey Perry example as, hey, that's what we wanted to do and we didn't do enough of it. And that's what Perry's going to bring you, right? And I think, you know, Perry – is he he can play anywhere in your lineup for a few shifts. I don't think he's a consistent top six forward come playoff time. But if you're in a game where all of a sudden something isn't working, you can move Corey Perry up because he has the hockey smarts to play with McDavid or Drysaddle. I, I have no doubt in my mind. I don't care about his speed. Right? Pat Maroon scored 24 five-on-five goals with McDavid. He's he's not as fast as Corey Perry. So um, what I like about Perry is, you know what? He, he adds a little jam to a team that I still, when I look at the Edmonton orders, if I'm Ken Holland, they need a little bit more spice. Eddie, you were just talking about spice on the orders. Like they got way too many guys that skate around. And at the end of the game, man, they got uh, they got a pocket full of eggs and none of them are broken because they don't hit anybody. No doubt. They don't get involved in scrums. And they're still, to me, come playoff time when the energy level ramps up. I still question if the orders have enough of those guys. As go ahead, Eddie. Yeah, I firmly yeah. believe this. I firmly and it's awesome that Connor McDavid is out there smacking people the way he does. He's your leader. He's your captain. He's the best player in the world. But he should not be the one who's always setting the tone in that regard. And generally, he is lately. So someone else needs to do that. Hey, Greg. As as um, 
as poorly as the Oilers played in the second period, after that Perry goal, as you said, the Oilers are right back in. And Connor Brown hits the post, crossbar area. I mean, that goes in, and he can't buy one. We all know that. But that goes in. That's a different game coming down the stretch in the last five, six minutes. What did you think of Brown, though, last night? I actually thought that was one of his better games. He was all over the puck. Um, you know, people like, take him off the penalty kill. And I'm like, hey, Einstein's. He wasn't <laughs> on the ice when they gave up a power play goal. Like, figure yeah. it out. Um, so, I, hey, trust me. Connor Brown, it's it's been a disaster. Everybody knows it. But his work ethic last night, he was one of the order's better forwards, without question. He created a lot of chances. Um, unfortunately, you know, right now, Eddie Steele or myself probably have a better chance of growing a full head of hair than he has of scoring a goal, which is uh, facts. Which is facts. He uh, he just he can't buy one now. And once he scores one, I won't yeah. be surprised if he scores you know three goals yeah. in a ten game span yeah. or something. Because right mm-hmm. now, like like when he had that two on one, the St. Louis Blue defender completely went over to the pass, and yeah. Brown still tried to force the pass. And that's a player who has no confidence. no offensive confidence yeah. in my eyes. And that, I mentioned that... like hitting that crossbar late, like that was actually a really nice play. Mm-hmm. And if you know, for lots of other guys, that might go in. But right mm-hmm. now, for Brown, yeah, there's no. Uh, there, if uh, if you didn't have bad luck, you'd have no luck around the net. Totally agree with you, Greg. That was that two-on-one with Janmark in the first period, shorthanded. Yeah. And it was a hope pass that luckily for the Oilers uh, resulted in uh, a penalty taken by the Blues in Cairo. So, uh, Greg, do, do you know what you got shaking, cooking uh, coming up today at 2 o'clock on a Friday? Yeah, Greg Button will be by. We're yeah. going to talk, uh, you know, three weeks away from the NHL trade deadline. So we'll look at uh, that. And, you know, does the Jake Gensel injury uh, impact anything? I don't mm-hmm. think it does, but uh, we'll talk to Craig as a GM. Like, you know, are you, are you going to get more of a – you send your doctor to go do a review of Jake Gensel before yeah. you acquire him, stuff like that. So, um, you know, uh, but uh, we'll have low tide. We've got uh, we've got a lot of array of Wednesday. Oh, yeah, Colin Chalk, the uh, head coach of uh, the Bakersfield oh, uh, Condors. Yeah. And uh, also, we're going to break down, Kevin, how many times have the Edmonton Oilers had seven or more consecutive penalties in a game? And do you, do you have the research done already on that, or are you working on it? Uh, no, I've got the answer. Oh, I know the uh, just just for order. Is there fans, multiple choice? Driving, I'll give you. I'll give you a little teaser. Okay. Um, seven wasn't the most in franchise history. <laughs> okay. And um, the most actually happened in a playoff game, if you can imagine. What? So that yes. got to be going back a long time, then a bit. A little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, but um, uh, after the cup wins. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We'll, so we will uh, we will break that down. Order what? fans, I'll just give you a hint. Ten consecutive <laughs> power okay. plays. I haven't looked at anything. I, I'm betting that it has to be either against Dallas or Colorado. Uh no, it was Minnesota oh. in nineteen ninety one. Wow. But uh, they did have eight also in a playoff game against the stars yeah. in two thousand three. That's a lot so of penalties. We'll break, we'll break down uh you know, and then how many times um the Oilers were the team that was getting the consecutive uh, power plays. Mm. That should be higher, you would think. Yeah, but you'd think wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Greg. Thanks, big guy. Take care, man. Have a good one. That's uh, Jason Greger, the uh, host of the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Here, uh, 2 o'clock to 6 o'clock, uh, it'll be interesting to get some of those answers. Uh, uh, like seven penalties in a row is a lot last night. Again, some self-inflicted. And that was the Puck Report brought to you by... Fountain Tire. Head to FountainTire.com to check out their winter tire lineup and brand offerings. When we come back, we'll have a little open text time. 8 o'clock, we've got Mark Spector, 820. Milt Stiegel, 
840, Eddie, are you in or are you out? I'm telling you now, I'm in. Well, you have to be in. <laughs> if, you're, if you're out, well, then where else be, am I going? you're leaving early. <laughs> All right, that's coming up on the Kevin Carey Show with Eddie Steele on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. That 740 break means one thing and one thing only, Eddie. Brian Adams. B.A. We were just talking in the break, and I'm sure it'll be on the uh, basketball show tomorrow at uh, 10 o'clock right here on Sports 1440, which follows the Triple S. Duke, are you fired up? Are you got? Are you on the Triple S tomorrow? Or are you going uh, to Delbert? I wasn't, I wasn't sure originally, but I think I will. Uh, I'll pop in. I thought and, you were going uh, to Delbert. I think I'll go after because the game, oh. the Senior Outlaws game is obviously in the evening. So I think I'll pop by uh, with Connor and Declan in the AM. I think we'll talk a little uh, NHL, of course, help tee up the Oilers matinee game that mm-hmm. is yes, or tomorrow, pardon me. Um, probably a little MMA. I know Declan's big into that. And there's a big mm-hmm. card tomorrow night. Yeah, big card. Uh, and then, yeah, we'll roll into the basketball show at 10 o'clock. I might actually stick around because um, I know Paul's producers are still kind of learning the ropes a little bit. So yeah. I might uh, stick around and kind of help oh, run the board for that. It's a team guy. Con- Connor, did it, Connor did it last weekend when I went home and caught a few winks after our uh, <laughs> Friday night. <laughs> Were you a little tuckered out? <laughs> what, what, what time do you boys get home? Well, I was home early. Duke, I don't know about you. I was home early too yeah. in, the, in the morning. <laughs> yeah, <early. laughs> you know, yeah, we went out last Friday. Eddie was out. We had a little kind of uh, uh, what we call the 1440 sports shareholders meeting. <laughs> yeah, you know, the uh, gathering of the minds. Yeah. Uh, but you brought it up, Eddie, because uh, that's how I was kind of talking about the basketball show with Paul Sir tomorrow. Uh, Caitlin Clark mm-hmm. uh, in Iowa. Like, I mean, it's probably as good as it's ever been. Uh, and, and I've never seen, I mean, yeah. she is the female Steph Curry. Like, I've never yeah. seen anything like it. So what, 49 points, Iowa single game record, Mark, breaking all kinds of records. The it's record, just, yeah. hit, uh, breaking three that she hit early in the game, literally, Kevin, was from the logo. I mean. Like, off balance, just pulling up off the dribble. It, it's pretty ridiculous, yeah. actually, the shots that she puts up and hits. It really is. And I mean, it's not like I've watched a lot. I've seen highlights, obviously. I'm not sitting around yeah, watching of course, a game like, of her. But, like me. You know. Like me. <laughs> uh, I gave uh, Paul Sear, I texted him, um, contact for Delaney Gibb. And we've mentioned her, I think, with you, with you, Eddie. So I did a story with Delaney last year. She's in grade 12 right now out of Raymond. Okay. But she's already committed to BYU. Oh, nice. So she, and Paul has said, like, when Paul was on last week with us, uh, after you left, he came on at 1020 to kind of promote the basketball show and stuff like that and I just said what about Delaney, Delaney Gibbon he goes again there was a big pause he goes she's just as good as it's ever been How is problem. she tall? No 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 she would be she like a point guard, guard. Yeah, yeah. yeah so and fast but smart and again mm-hmm. the, the shooting all there aren't any flaws in her shooting game like long inside off oh, the glass yeah. I watched her for two full games last year and she was in grade 11 so good for her BYU yeah. NC two A oh. probably getting some sort of scholarship. Oh, so that's yes, awesome! Absolutely. Text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Craig and Redner says the All Star break couldn't have come at a worse time for the Oilers. A Ten day break in the middle of the season, uh, ridiculous. Uh, Craig and Redner. So, do you still think that has an effect? I don't know. I mean, we're every team has it. Yeah, every team has it. We're so many games past. I don't think you can use that excuse anymore. Like, how many games has it been since the break? Four, uh, the for the Oilers, yeah, yeah, for the Oilers, it's six, yeah, oh, six? No, five. Five, 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 yeah, since the break, yes, yeah. five, because they've uh, won two, lost three, right. So no, you can't, you can't be saying the All Star break is an excuse five games later. Gordoyle ticks in. 
Agree with you to an extent, Kevin. Jake Neighbors is pushing through on a less skilled team than Dylan Holloway, so probably gets more opportunities. The more minutes you play, the better you get into the game. For sure. Yep. But when you are... I've always said this, and, and I mean... Guys that are seven, eight, nine-minute guys use this argument too much, I think. I've always... and, you, and it's, How about this for you, Eddie? Going. You know where I'm going. Yep. If I'm a seven-minute guy... I got to do something that I'm going to be an eight-minute guy. Mm-hmm. But I'm an eight-minute guy. I got to do something uh, that I'm a nine. And like, do you, like, do you think Zach Hyman came into the league exactly. and was all of a sudden doing what? He, no, almost 100 percent of the players have had to fight and grind to elevate their minute mm-hmm. time, to elevate their playing time. Look at the sport of football. Yeah. You don't just come in and instantly are playing 80 snaps a game on yeah. defense. You're coming in and you're playing 20, even high draft picks. Yeah. They're playing 20 snaps. Okay, then 30, then 40. It's a progression. Go, go back to your uh, your experience, Eddie, when you said you went from the twos to the ones. So you came in in Hamilton, I guess? Mm-hmm. Or, okay, yeah, so you're in Hamilton. Hamilton and so... You're kind of looking around going, what's going on, right? I'm sure. Yep. And then you're starting to get into the groove, but now you get to that point where you go, I got to make something happen here. Totally. So yeah. how, how, how did that work for you? You got to, uh, what it is really is you want to make a splash play and you want to get noticed, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, when you're playing with men as a 21-year-old, especially in the sport of football, uh, you really have to do a lot to get noticed because it's a whole different ball game when you're coming out of college and these guys are playing the game to feed their families. So when I got that call or was told that uh, the starter, he wasn't going to be healthy in time coming off of a broken leg and I'd be repping out with the ones, uh, I thought, okay, here's my chance. I have to do everything in my power to be as perfect as a player as I can. And what I mean by perfect is my technique, my footwork. Don't do anything to stand out in a bad way. In fact, not standing out at all is better than standing out in a bad way. And then you have to make plays when the plays come. Mm -hmm. In football, you're not going to make every play. But when the play comes, when there's a a tackle to be made or a sack or a quarterback hit to be made, I have to make that play. When Connor Brown, for example, has that open net and makes a nice play, you got to bury that goal. You can't hit the bar, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. the reality of sport. And there's certain uh, amount of luck in it. But then there's a certain amount of skill and finish in it too, uh, be it football, be it soccer, be it hockey, basketball, whatever you want. And that's what separates players. All right, Gord Oil chimes back. Again, come if you got some facts or you got present your case and I'll present mine, you present yours, Gord Oil. Zach Hyman, because I use Zach Hyman as an example. Zach Hyman didn't make it at 22 years old. Okay, you're right he didn't make it at 22 but he made it at 23. Zach Hyman, when he came, and then this is what I'm talking about, taking advantage of your opportunity. So in 2015, 2016, Zach Hyman's with the Toronto Marlies, gets called up to the Leafs, plays 16 games, and I can guarantee you, I will, everything that, and, and he played 16 games, scored four goals. At that point, the Leafs don't know what they have with Zach Hyman. But Zach Hyman, so as a 23-year-old, the next year he's going, I'm not going back to the Marlies. I'm not going back to the Marlies. Comes back and busts the door down. Not necessarily bust the door down, but he had 10 goals, 18 assists as a 23-year-old. Mm-hmm. That's pretty darn good. So his first, his first full year as a pro. After that, continuously improving. So 
I don't buy your argument, Gordoyle. And I see both sides. Like, I truly do. I'm not trying to tiptoe here down mm-hmm. the middle and be on the fence, but I totally see where you're coming from because that was how I had to get by, was earn every inch that I got. That was my mentality, mm-hmm. and that's the only way I survived. But on the flip side, there is something to be said. For example, we'll go back to Jake Neighbors. Poor team. We already know that, so he's going to get the ice time more than Holloway would ever get here on a good team. Uh, the minutes, you know, I think we both can agree that the way the, his minutes were handled with uh, Woodcroft probably weren't the best. You know, Gregor's got a point yep. there. So I, I see that, but I also see Holloway, you are getting the minutes when he's healthy. you got to do something. You just can't be out there kamikaze skating. And I, I, I think he, again, I, I agree with your point. He had that one shift, drew a penalty. Um, he played pretty good defensive yeah. hockey yesterday. He did. He was back hard. He did. You know, I, I, I mean, the game is there. I, I just want to. I'm wait. Everyone, I'm waiting for it to kind of explode. You know. Speaking of explosion, one thing I love. How about that cross check Vinny gave? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he was saying like, stick through his he's chest. Ca- he's calling Robert Thomas a, a diver, saying he went down yeah, too. And easy. they gave him another yeah. one. <laughs> went down too early. Uh, too Shut, easily. That was an explosion. Um, I loved it. Uh, Traden's talking about the oil. I don't get that one either. But uh, Crow's Nest Oiler, I agree with Gregor. Team lacks the spice. That's what Eddie was saying as well. With all the talk of top six winger, how about a couple mobile three, four liners with uh, grit and speed, same on defense. Uh, that's kind of what we addressed in with Gregor that the team needs a little, little more, little more jam. They'll do something come you know. deadline. They got to. Kenny's got to come deadline. I think it's. We all know the fourth line is mm-hmm. not going to be what it is come deadline. All right, top of the hour, we'll check in with Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet. Uh, Before that, time now for a Sports 1440 update. Brought to you by Tommy Guns, home of the ultimate grooming experience. Our hot towel shaves, awesome haircuts and treatments were designed just for you. Book now at TommyGuns.com. Here is the Duke. 